everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to see you here gathered in the house, and uh, we want to say a special greeting to those who are worshiping at home. You know, the bulk of our worshiping body is at an at-home place, and and, uh, in fact, this week with rising numbers of COVID, uh, we actually, some people set aside and said, I'm going to stay home, I'm just going to stay home, because we are partnering with our city, with our county to try to reduce uh, physical interactions of people. We're totally confident in what we're doing here, so nobody get up and leave, you know, in the... (laughs) But we are, we are also grateful for those who are at home, and we just want you to know, at home, you are no less a part of church right now than you are if you would be sitting right here. We love you, we're with you, and Christ is with you, and we are one body worshiping the Lord together. And so we carry on with that, amen? Give thanks for life eternal. I'm going to turn to Philippians chapter 3 now, verses 7 to 14, encourage you to turn in, the, in your own Bibles or turn them on and... And look at this letter of Philippians Paul wrote to the church in Philippi so many years ago as we look for how do we give thanks in times like we're in. And let's pray. Lord, open our hearts to your word. We're not just looking at letters on a page. We're opening our hearts. We're opening our minds to the reality of your presence that you you might just speak to us. You might just speak to me as I speak. You might just speak to those seated here in the room. You might just speak to those who have logged in, have tuned in. You might just speak to us, Jesus. You can. And we pray for your living word, your voice, full of grace and truth and life eternal. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said? Amen. Amen. At verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. Amen. We give thanks for life eternal. Folks, we live in a a, uh, a FOMO culture, right? Does everybody know what FOMO is? What's what's FOMO? 
Nice. You guys get a good grade on that one, actually. Yep, everyone, everyone knows that. FOMO, fear of missing out. It's that fear, it's exacerbated by social media, right? Every time you look on, oh, they're having a great time. It's that fear that somewhere, somebody is having a better time than you are right now. And you're missing out. Fear of missing out. Well, fear of missing out, FOMO, is actually a product of, of another kind of challenge that we call YOLO. YOLO. Now, what's YOLO? You only live once. That's right. Now, I think the younger crowd had a little more of that going than some of us. That's like a big Colorado thing, actually. YOLO, you only live once. Like, should I climb that 14er or should I, you know, what should I do? Should I uh, go on that mountain bike ride? Should I, should I drive up Pikes Peak and ski down the snow that nobody skied down yet? Well, you only live once, so you got you know, to gotta go do it. What should I do next year? Should I sign up for that Leadville Trail 100-mile mountain bike endurance race? Or should I start training for the whitewater paddle competition in Salida? I mean, I don't know which one to do, but you only live one. Maybe I should do both, right? Because that would be a real Colorado thing to do. You only live once. Who's with me? What are you signed up for? You only live once. Well, look, the problem is YOLO produces FOMO. Because if you only live once, you don't want to miss out. So if you only live once, you don't want to miss the fun part. So you've got YOLO that produces FOMO. Oh, no. Right? Oh, no. Well, Paul's got a different way for us to look at life today. And I call it, and you can come along with me if you want, or leave it behind. It's the same to me. But here's what, here's what I think. It's POTO. Press on toward. Press on toward the POTO. Is anybody with me? Hashtag POTO, press on toward. Look at this, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is head. I say it with me, press on toward. And he had hashtag POTO written on the side of the letter. It didn't make it into our translation. The goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on toward the goal. Why? Because this life is not all there is. This life that you're living, you don't have to, you don't have to succumb to you only live once. You don't have to succumb to fear of missing out. This life that you're living isn't all there is. In fact, this life that you're living, this life that I'm living, it's just a prelude. I mean, it's just the intro music. It's just the warm-up act before the real thing. There is more to life. There is life and life eternal in Jesus Christ. And this life is not all there is. For life eternal, I give thanks. We're in this Give Thanks series. We're, We're reading the the, the joy letter written in prison. And what is this letter Philippians teaching us? It's teaching us to give thanks in all circumstances and find joy in the Lord. The gifts of God are grounds for gratitude. And no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how hard it seems, you have a reason, you have grounds, it is right for you to give thanks and praise. And so we give thanks and praise to God and we find joy in the Lord in finding grounds for gratitude. So we come to this, this moment where Paul takes the metaphor of, of running a race, this athletic metaphor, you know, where he says, I'm, 
I'm running. I'm running. I'm pressing on. I'm pushing forward. And I know that it's been hard, but you know what? I don't dwell on what's behind. Whatever's behind, I leave that behind, and I press on, I strain on, I drive forward. It gets hard as I'm running that race, but I'm looking for that lift. I'm looking for that second win. I'm going to keep going. Why? Because the prize is in front of me. It's right out there, and I'm leaning into it. The upward call, the heavenward call, the lift of the power of Jesus Christ, it's out in front of me. This life is not all there is. He said a similar thing in 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church. Look at this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, if, if, if YOLO, right? If it's only in this life that we're trying to get something out of Jesus, If in only this life we have hope in Christ, we're of of most people the most to be pitied. But this life is not all that there is. It's not just this life that we're invested in. FOMO, YOLO, oh no. Not you if you're in Jesus. Not us if we're in Christ. This life is not all there is, and we have heaven and eternal life in our sights. Paul's friend Peter wrote the same kind of thing to, to his church in 1 Peter. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, into, a, into a, an inheritance. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And then he goes on later at verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. (laughs) For a little while. Right now, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Various little things that kind of aggravate you, right? Right? I mean, for Peter and for Paul, they had great trials. And those trials, Peter is saying, those trials cannot touch the unassailable inheritance of eternal life that you have in Jesus. It is kept for you, safe and eternal. And you have that in front of you. And this life is not all there is. We have life eternal. So some will ask, okay, how does heaven help me now? You know? What does it mean to me today that I'm going to heaven after I die? And this is a common critique of Christianity, actually, that you're just trying to sell some kind of like pie in the sky, by and by, and and you say to people, look, I know life is hard right now, but later on, you've got a ticket to heaven. And so once you get to heaven, you'll have all this reward, and that'll make it, you know, not so bad right now. So whatever you're suffering right now, just suck it up and tolerate it because you get to go to a really good place later, right? It's the kind of thing that makes it feel like Christianity is an opiate of the masses. Just let me, you know... Dull down your pain by some hope of what reward might come your way. And some of us say, you know what? That's not enough for me. I'm going through stuff right now. I'm going through stuff today. And life hurts right now. And I'm suffering these trials and these pains and these struggles. And the fact that I'm going to be somewhere good later on, it isn't helping me that much today. And what I want to ask you is three questions coming out of the scripture. Number one, I'm asking you with Paul in the scripture. Number one, have you met Jesus? 
And number two, have you suffered the loss of all things? I'll explain that later. And number three, do you know the power of the resurrection? Have you felt it? Power. Power from God. Because you know what? Some ticket to heaven later isn't meant to be enough. But the power of life eternal, it's yours right now in Jesus Christ. So these three things. Number one, have you met Jesus? See, Paul met Jesus. Who is Paul? We've talked about Paul. Paul was, this, as a young man, we don't actually get to see Paul as a young man, but he tells us about who he, who he was as a young man. In fact, he tells us about it in that scripture that's right in front of you. If you looked up the page, he talks a little bit about this earlier season of his life. Paul was a hard-charging, success-oriented achiever. Any, any goal he set, he hit. Any challenge that he saw, he overcame. Any hurdle that came his way, he leapt across. He was... He was born well, he had a good education growing up, and he had Roman citizenship, which is a marker of the top echelon of life in that time, and he used all that stuff to achieve, to go after the next thing, to hit, go after the next rung of the ladder. I'm not satisfied here, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to go up, up, up. That was Paul, that was Paul. And he didn't miss his targets, he hit his targets, okay? He was, he was a success-oriented achiever. And then he met Jesus. And all that stuff meant nothing to him compared with knowing Jesus, with knowing Christ. Have you met Jesus? That may sound like a strange question in our times, you know. What do you mean? Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. What do I mean? What do you mean, have you met Jesus? Well, listen. There are a number of things that distinguish Christianity from the rest of the world's religions and from other spiritual pursuits. And chief among them is this. Christians profess and believe that the same Jesus, have you met Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth. That the same Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, died in Jerusalem, the same Jesus is not dead, but he rose again. And he makes himself known. He is knowable. He is alive still. And he is knowable and makes himself known to all who call on him. To all who call on him in in truth. Jesus is knowable. That's why I ask, have you met Jesus? But whatever were gains to me, Paul said, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpass everything a loss. Because of the surpassing worth of what? Of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have, say it with me, lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Then he goes on in verse 10 and he says, I want to know Christ. What do I want? I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him even in his death. Even to death. I want to be like Jesus. And I want to be close to him. What's Paul hap- What's happening in Paul's life? What has happened that he's processed this? Paul, you see, 
He knows Jesus Christ. Paul knows Christ. And knowing him, it isn't just that he, he learned about him. It's that he knows him. He's in a relationship with Jesus. And knowing him, he knows him more and more. So that as he walks with Jesus, they know each other more. As with any relationship, you're growing in knowledge of one another. And Paul says, this growing in knowledge with Jesus, this means more to me than anything else that I could ever possibly imagine. All the stuff that I used to chase, I would leave it behind just for this. I have found this surpassing worth, you see. Now, Paul, I want, you to, I want you to pay attention here. Paul, he did not, he wasn't one of the disciples that walked around with Jesus. Paul met Jesus after Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead. Now, what does that mean for us right now? November 15th, 2020. That means that whatever relationship Paul had with Jesus is the same relationship you can have with Jesus. Because he didn't walk around with Jesus. Are you with me? He didn't walk around with Jesus in, in Nazareth. He met Jesus after the resurrection. And you can meet Jesus after the resurrection. You can know Christ. Have you met Jesus Christ? I've sat with people before, friends, in ministry, and they're at that moment where they're going to pray for the first time. Some of you are too young. You've been praying. You've been walking with Jesus since you were little, little. You don't even remember that time, and that's a glory. Others of you in the room, you can remember when you risked that relationship. And I've sat with people, and I've said, you know what, this, is, this isn't any more about you and me talking. This is about you talking to Jesus now, and you need to pray. You, you, you need to pray. And they would say, Tim, I just feel weird. Can you pray for me? I just feel weird praying because it feels like I'm just talking to the air, like nobody's there. And I say, why don't you give it a try? Risk a relationship with Jesus. And they pray. And you know what they find? They find that he's there. He is present. Jesus is not dead. He lives. And he makes himself known to all who call on him. And if you risk relationship with Jesus, you'll find he's right there as present to you as, as a friend in the room, as present to you as a loved one, as a family member. You'll, you'll know, you'll sense that Jesus is right there with you. Have you met Jesus? Number two, have you suffered the loss of all things? Okay, let me explain that. What does Paul say? Verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Look, listen, we want to feel what Paul's feeling. We want to get into what Paul is thinking. We want to understand how he's finding joy in the midst of sorrow. Paul says, well, I've lost all things. I've lost them all. Consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. All that stuff that Paul tried for, pursued, sought after, accomplished, the things that he gained, the things that he said, this is worth the sacrifice, this is worth the money, this is worth the time, this is worth leaving my family aside, this is worth doing that thing alone, this is worth staying up at night and pushing my body to the edge, and I'm push, 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 and he gained all that stuff, and now he's met Christ. And he says, in comparison to Christ, all of that stuff is worthless. Listen, when the light of Christ dawns on you, all those little lights, they just... They just go dim. There's just nothing compared to the light of Christ. 
It's like a lot of people are putting their Christmas lights up already, which I love. Go for it, man. Let's get there. And, 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 but, you know, when, the, when your Christmas lights are still on on your house and the sun has come up, they're just like nothing, right? Once the light of Christ has dawned on you, these lesser lights, by comparison, they're worthless. And Paul says, not only, not only is it worthless to me, but it's actually a liability to me. Like it's a, it's a debt because I spent all this time chasing that stuff and I'm never gonna get that time back. And if I could, I would go back and walk with Jesus. Compared to knowing Christ, all those pursuits are worthless. They're nothing, he says. They're nothing to me. You know what he says? He says they're garbage. It's like they're as, they're as worthless to me as the mess I scrape off my shoe at the park. That's what he's saying, Okay. It's that, it's that graphic compared to Jesus. It's nothing. Have you suffered the loss of all things? In Matthew, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. What has Paul learned? He's learned that there's a pearl of great price. There's something that's worth losing everything else for. There's something that is of surpassing value, of surpassing worth, that's worthy of losing everything else in your life and gladly, you would gladly give it away, you would gladly lose it, walk away from all of it in comparison to the value of this one thing. It's Jesus. It's knowing Christ Jesus. It's the pearl of great price and the power of his resurrection. Now, have you ever felt the power of resurrection? See, not just an idea, not just a, gest- not just a philosophical you know, thought, but the gospel is power, the scripture says. And to know Christ is power. And what Paul is saying is, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. How does Paul find joy in the middle of imprisonment and isolation and, and you know, social distancing? Okay? That goes on and on. Let me get you into Paul's head a little bit. Paul is sitting in prison in these four walls that are closing in on him. And, and you know... We don't get this, but this is how it worked. He would have regularly been, been sort of told, this is going to work out next month, okay? Yeah, your trial's coming. I saw it. It's on the register. The emperor's going to handle your case. Just wait six weeks, right? And then it's going to come. No, it goes on and on. Are you with me? We are reading the letter of COVID quarantine. That's what I'm trying to say to you, Okay. And the walls are closing in. Things are small. We're limited. We're social distance. And this is it. This is the Philippian letter. And how does Paul find joy in the middle of that? He finds it in the power of the resurrection. Not just knowledge about, but the power of. I want to know Christ, yes, and to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, it isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead, and now heaven's open, and I've got a ticket, and after all this is done, I get to go there later. It isn't just that. You see, that's a good, for some people, that's enough. That's like, that's a good promise. That's a good thing that's coming, and it is a good promise. 
But that's not the power of the resurrection that Paul is talking about right here. Paul is talking about a palpable sense, an actual experience that the resurrection power of Christ is within his spirit. And I want to know it, he says, more and more. I want to get so close to Jesus that I can feel that lifting me up. He said the same thing when he was writing to the Romans. He said, look, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Look at this, Romans 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is what? Say it with me. Living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Not will live, not did live, but lives. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It lives in you. It lives in you. And for Paul, he experienced it as an an uplift, an updraft. It sustained him. Sure, I'm disappointed. Sure, I'm frustrated. Sure, I'm angry. Sure, I'm hurt. But I've got the power of the Spirit of the living God lifting me up. The power of the resurrection. Have you ever seen a, an eagle soaring on an updraft and it just kind of sits there? Has anybody ever seen that? Come on. And you're just kind of looking at it. It's not even moving. It's like, like tiny little... Like, how do, you, how do you? Paul says, the power of the Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. So you live. And you rest. In the Spirit of God, pulling you up over these little challenges, these little... And what he says is, I want to... I want to be so close to Jesus that I'm living that way. I'm living that resurrection power. I want to know Christ. Yes, and the power of his resurrection. And, and, and as I live that way, I'm living as one who is alive among those who are perishing. I want to attain to his resurrection. I want to live like a, a man who lives in life eternal, even among those who live as though they are dying. So then Paul goes on and talks a little bit about his, uh, his suffering and how he thinks about suffering. And so he says, I want to know Christ, yes, the power of his resurrection, and, and I want to know participation in his sufferings. I want to know that, becoming like him, even all the way to death, even in his death. And, and it goes on, and that I may know And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to participate in his sufferings. I want to to participate in the sufferings of Christ. I want to be like him even in death. I even want to pass through the cross where I die to this world, I die to myself, and I live in the power of, of Christ. Paul, how does he view suffering? He says, I want to be so close to Jesus. I want to be so tight with him. I want to be so so intimate in my my union with Christ. And even right now, even when I'm trapped in this place, I'm trapped in this house and nothing's going right and, and I've got no kind of, all of my plans for the future are trashed and, and I've got nothing to really, you know, just jump out of my shoes about. Even now, in this place, in prison, in this box, in this tight space, I have opportunity to know Christ and grow in my relationship with him. And I want to be so close to him. I want to grow in intimacy with Jesus. I want to be so tight with him that when the world and dark forces are throwing suffering at Jesus, it hits me, you see? 
I'm participating. I'm with Jesus. And if they want to shout at Jesus, then they're shouting at me. And I'm feeling it. Because we're just together. We're together. And now, my suffering, says Paul, my suffering only, only renders me getting closer to Jesus. And you know what? Here's the secret. That's my true reward. That's my true joy. You can't push me unless I get pushed closer to Jesus. You can't press down on me except that I'm leaning further on Jesus. And so you think you're hurting me. I'm just getting closer to my Savior. And I live in the updraft of the Spirit. I live as one alive among those who live as though already dead. I attain to the resurrection of Jesus Christ among those who are perishing. Do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus? Have you suffered the loss of all things? Like I'll just, I would give it all away for Jesus. Have you really gotten there? Have you felt the power of his resurrection life within you? If you do, if you have. Well, let me say first, if you don't, this doesn't click with you, this doesn't make sense to you, you don't understand what I'm talking about, then I want to I challenge you this morning, risk a relationship with Jesus. Open your heart to him in prayer. He's not an idea, he's a person, and you can have a relationship with Jesus as Savior and Lord. He makes himself known, and he makes himself knowable to all who call on him in faith. So if you don't, risk a relationship with Jesus, but if you do, if you do, If you know Jesus, if you've suffered the loss of all things, if you know the power of his resurrection, well, then you can join with Paul and give thanks for the upward call in Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Folks, you can't carry that past with you. Forgetting what is behind. And straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want to close with this story. About a friend, some of you may, may know, some of you may not, but um, I've sat with a lot of people um, as a pastor. One of the privileges is to sit with people uh, in, by their deathbed. You know? And I've... Listen, I've seen all kinds of moments. Um, I had the privilege just over a year ago to sit for uh, a few times with a friend named Steve Bodman as he was uh, losing his, his final battle with cancer. He won a couple of those battles. but Steve was an elder, deacon of this church. He was a Stephen minister. He was, um, uh, he was a heck of a doctor. I mean, just killer medical doctor. And uh, not a half-bad fly fisherman. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was sitting with Steve one time, and, um, and he said to me, Tim, I just don't know, how does anybody do this without Jesus? I said, what do you mean? I said, Tim, if I was lying here, and I thought that this life was all there was, I would just be desperate inside how does anybody do this without Jesus and we agreed 
give thanks for Jesus and eternal life. And, and as we sat there together, I'm not saying it was easy. It was hard. It wasn't easy for Steve. It wasn't easy for Gene, his beloved wife, for, for his family. It was hard. It was hard. But Steve, he would kind of, you know, he'd kind of drift out and, and then he'd wake up. And I'm telling you, we were sitting there waiting for Jesus. And every time he, he opened his eyes, he wasn't looking for me. He was looking for Jesus. And then one day he opened his eyes. And there he was. For eternal life in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. Lord, your gifts, your incredible gifts, there's so many and they're grounds for gratitude, no matter what else is going on in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering the grave, for bringing us eternal life as a gift in your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for the the unassailable inheritance of eternal life in your kingdom that you have won for us and you hold for us. And I pray for everyone here that we would risk relationship with you, trust in you, and know you by faith. You are our Lord, you are our Savior, and in you there is life eternal. And we give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.